Today's scripture passage is from the Good News According to John, chapter 10, beginning at verse 11, reading through to verse 18. I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd lays down his for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it up, takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious God, we have heard the good news that you have risen. We have heard the good news that you are alive. We have heard the good news that death has been defeated and is no more. We have heard this good news, but find it hard to believe. We pray that through these words we might hear the voice of the good shepherd calling his sheep. Through the power of your Holy Spirit, speak to us. Strike us alive with your grace that we may believe and be made new. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I am the good shepherd. Jesus begins today's scripture. I am the good shepherd. The image of God as shepherd, as Ingrid points out, is a biblical favorite. It's all over the place. We began today's service with the words for the 23rd Psalm that says, the Lord is my shepherd. How those who wrote the Bible were a pastoral people, agricultural men like this make a lot of sense. God is the shepherd, which means the people are sheep. We are sheep, but there's a bit of a problem there for us sophisticated 21st century North Americans because the last thing we want to be is sheep. Late last year, I was crossing Cliff Avenue in Courtney, and I noticed a home, little homemade flyer 
taped to the pole beside me, and it was a flyer in support of an anti-masking, anti-social distancing rally that was to happen at Driftwood Mall. You may have seen one of them. In addition, it added a web, web address that linked a YouTube video and all these other things. I'd seen a few of these posters before and similar links on the internet, but what really stuck out to me about this poster was the exhortation at the bottom. The bottom of the poster read, Wake up, sheep! It was, Wake up, sheep, in all caps. So there was yelling at me. Wake up, sheep! Now, the implication of this, of course, was that those who believe the mainstream story, those who are abiding by government orders, aren't simply wrong. They're ignorant, unthinking, brainwashed even. If only they'd think for themselves. If only they'd stop being led around by like sheep. Now, my initial reaction to this was deep offense. Hey, who are you calling a sheep? But it dawned on me that I was offended because as a culture, we prize originality of thought, making our own mark, blazing our own trail. We value free thinking, making our own judgments. We want to think for ourselves, so the last thing we want to do is follow the crowd. The last thing we want to do is just be as sheep. Sheep are dumb. Sheep are stubborn. Sheep wander. Sheep get lost. They just baa when they're lost, and they're just basically saying, come eat me. They're dependent totally on their shepherd. They need to be led and guided and protected by them. Sheep are weak, defenseless, prone to self-destructive wandering, and are in complete need of someone else to save them and guide their lives. For modern, sophisticated people, self-sufficient people, sheep is everything we should fight against being. First, Jesus, to call himself a shepherd, delivers to us some sort of insulting implication. Because the last thing any of us wants to be is one of those. The last thing any of us wants to be is a sheep. And yet, if we're truly honest with ourselves we probably heard ourselves in what I was just talking about. This is exactly what we are. <laughs> we are sheep. Not in the sense they're all a bunch of dumb animals, though I know that I at least can be on occasion. But we too can be stubborn, foolish. We wander away from the people we love and cause our own self Destruction. I mean, how many of us has had a good thing with a friend or a spouse or family then blew it all because we thought we could get something more? How many of us have got ourselves into messes we couldn't clean up, that we couldn't recover from? How many of us have trusted somebody we shouldn't trust and it got me into trouble? How many of us have been hurt and hurt other people, lied, cheat, and stolen out of a sense of need? It's not about who is a sheep, or isn't a sheep, the issue is that we are all sheep in one way, shape, or form. We are all sheep, so the question is, who is our shepherd? Who do we turn to? 
I mean, some of us have turned to conspiracy theories. Some of us turn to politics, ideologies, causes, institutions, economics, or identities of all kinds. Some of us turn to drinking or using or other means of escape. Some of us turn to money or power as a means of control. Those are the shepherds we tend to trust. And what's interesting, though, is that Jesus says that they won't really give us what we need or what they promise. These are less like shepherds who lead and care and protect and more like hired hands. They're out there for their own interests. They're out there for the paycheck. And when the world's wolves show up, they're useless. When it comes to your and my maladies and sufferings, they'll save their own skin first and sacrifice us for their own good. You know, it's like they're running away and they just throw the sheep behind them and take him and keep running. They just can't deliver in the end. So again, who do we turn to? Who is our shepherd? My son Walter once told his younger brother that if they ask you a question in Sunday school, just say the answer is Jesus and you'll probably be right. So who can we trust? Who can we turn to for guidance, for sustenance, or saving? Sunday school tip for the win again. The answer is Jesus. What's the question again? No. The answer is Jesus. Jesus calls himself the good shepherd because he's the one. In a world of competing shepherds, Jesus promises to be the one who will lead us to green pastures and besides still waters. Jesus promises to refresh our weary souls, to save we who are suffering from our own sin. Jesus promises to relieve we who are burdened by the weight of the world. And unlike all those other hired hands, Jesus isn't in it for his own benefit. That's the difference between the fallen powers of this world and the power of God. Jesus doesn't demand a sacrifice or a trade to fulfill these promises. No, Jesus lays down his life for his sheep. He lays down his life for it to be taken back up again. Where everyone and everything else demands we do something first to free us or fix us, Jesus gives himself freely on the cross for the life of the world for you and for me. And by world, life of the world, I mean that. Everybody. This is another thing that makes the shepherd good. Jesus says that there are other flocks that he must bring into his fold. Not any one group, or race, or country, or tribe, or political party, or ideological leaning. You, me, our most beloved friends, and our most wicked enemies. In the same way all of us are sheep, we're all the recipients of the shepherd's self-giving love. The people we love and the people we hate. That is true goodness. This is what makes Jesus different. It's what makes him the good shepherd in a world of bad ones. Jesus lays down his life for the sheep. He throws himself on the grenade of sin 
and death so the whole platoon of humanity can make it home in one piece. It may be the last thing we want to be, but the good shepherd somehow makes being a sheep pretty good news. It's good news. Good shepherd, good news. Okay, Ryan. You might be saying to yourself, okay, I'm a sheep. All right, I admit it. So what do I do now? I'm a sheep. What's next? Where's the system? You know, what can I buy? What pamphlets do I need? Where's the subscription? Jesus? Like the rich man who approaches Jesus asking, what must I do to be saved? We always move next to the doing. One of the interesting and perhaps strangest things about this text, though, is that it's all about the shepherd and what the shepherd does for the sheep. This might be another difficult thing to hear as modern people. We've all been taught that life is about achieving. It's about getting, grasping, taking, optimizing your full and truest self. Like, where's the life hack already? Do something! But here all the sheep do, here all the sheep do is here. Here all the sheep do is here. My sheep, Jesus says, my sheep know the sound of my voice. We're, here we're not first invited into doing, but simply to listen, to hear the tone of the shepherd's heavenly baritone. I always imagine it as, you know, James Earl Jones or somebody, the voice of God. Now this might sound rather passive, like spending 12 hours listening to the radio. It doesn't sound like accomplishing much at all. But you know what? Christianity is first and foremost transformational good news. It's good news. It's an announcement first and foremost before anything else. It's like hearing that the war is over. Something fundamental has changed about the world. And just knowing that it has changed somehow has the power to change us, to lead the sheep in the right direction. And you know, you never know where you might hear this voice. And this week I was rather shocked when the shepherd's voice echoed through the pages of GQ magazine. If any of us even know what that is. What are magazines, say, you know, the 25-year-olds among us? What's a magazine? <laughs> oh, that was funnier to me than it was to you. Um, uh, anyway, it's that beacon of fashion and culture for men that only a few years ago generated a bit of a firestorm of controversy for suggesting that the Bible wasn't worth reading. Um, but even more surprising was the fact that this voice reverberated through an interview in GQ with famed Canadian teen pop megastar, former teen pop megastar, Justin Bieber. Now, I just lost all my cred among 
my, music, my indie music friends and all these other things for even bringing up his name. And maybe Gregor can play Baby, Baby, Baby as the hymn pass after the sermon. Um, that would be great to see, by the way. Um, but Bieber went through a long period of time that included multiple arrests, drug and alcohol abuse, lawsuits, various kinds of other allegations, vandalism, and a lot more. And he's also struggled with depression and anxiety the whole time. This is more than I've ever known about Justin Bieber, believe it or not. But according to the article, something changed in him. And he credits his change to God. I mean, this was like the most Jesus-y article that I've read in any magazine like this before. I just was like, oh, wow, they let him say that. I was, I, it was so, so interesting. But he credits this change that's gone on in his life to God, you know, which is weird, isn't it, in our current culture? Two things brought Justin Bieber back ultimately, the article says. Two things brought him back, his marriage and his faith. What they had in common were that they were value systems that depend, didn't depend on him performing in exchange for money. Bieber talks a lot about have to versus want to, and his life has mostly been shaped by have to, by the former. God, though, is different. God, Bieber says, God is grace. Every time we mess up, he's picking us back up every single time. That's how I view it. And so it's like I made a mistake. I won't dwell in it. I don't sit in shame. But it actually makes me want to do better. And he goes on. I just keep trusting what Jesus said and what he's saying to me. And I just believe that he speaks to me. It's not audible. I don't hear his audible voice. I don't know if people do. I know people have said it, and in the Bible it talks about that, but I just never heard it. It's more like nudges. Don't do this or set these boundaries. The voice in his head, the article says, the voice we all have telling us we are less than or not good enough or that our mistakes have rendered us beyond redemption, he says that voice spoke up and it said, you are forgiven. Now, I can't really speak to the quality of Justin Bieber's life <laughs> or his faith. I'm always a little skeptical about the intention of celebrity interviews and flashy photo ops like this. And really, the sign of Jesus' presence rarely has much to do with more wealth, often ends up with less, but, but this sounds to me like gospel. Notice that same action, that same hearing. It wasn't just about doing better or doing something differently. He was being led initially by the hired hand of fame, success, selfishness, and ego, and instead of bringing him joy, it was eating him alive. The other voice that Bieber heard, though, though not audible, was 
the voice of the whole other kind of shepherd. One who told him that he didn't have to achieve or perform to be loved or worthy. It told him that screwing up wasn't the end. And with a word of forgiveness, that same voice was shepherding him towards a new kind of life. The one who laid down his life for the world had allowed him to lay down his own life, to die, and to be raised again. And this is the promise for each of us, St. Justin of, I don't know, somewhere in Ontario. This is the promise to each of us. The bad news is, you're all sheep. We're all sheep. We've all been led astray by our own brokenness and the self-interested leading of others. But the good news is that in a world of hired hands pulling us in every different direction other than truth, beauty, and goodness, in the midst of this world stands Jesus, the good shepherd. Jesus, in whose life, death, and resurrection we've been given a whole new world, one he's leading us to by, the, by his powerful word of grace. So, friends, what I invite you to do today is to simply listen. Listen for the voice of the Good Shepherd. And in these words, may you hear his. Though you have sinned and have screwed up, in Christ you are forgiven. The slate is clean. You no longer need to hide or be burdened by guilt. You can make amends and a new start. And though you've done nothing to earn it, in Christ you are worthy. You can stop having your life measured by the leading of the world's hired hands, whatever they may be. And you can rest in the glowing assessment of the good shepherd who loved you enough to die and be raised for you. And though you've fallen way short in loving your neighbor and doing what is good, in Christ you can. The God who laid down his own life for you has made it possible for you to lay down your life for the sake of the world because you have been given that bottomless well of grace to draw on. So spread it around. So, wake up, sheep. Boop. Wake up and hear these words and believe them. Let them change you, for surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life, and you will dwell in the house 
of the Lord forever. Amen.